Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. As one group in the Geist area pushes for a conservancy district to clean and maintain the lake, another group is opposing the idea being recommended. Now, both sides want the lake cleaned up and maintained, but have very different ideas about how to go about it, such as who should be paying the bills. I spoke with the leader of the opposition to the current Conservancy District plans, John Demokas, during midday, Thursday, April 18th. I'm at the Geist Coffee Shop near Geist Reservoir. was once known as Mama Bears, now it's the Geist Coffee Shop uh, near Brook School Road in Fall Creek. I have with me John Demokas. Uh, he's uh, affiliated with a group opposing the proposed Geist Lake Conservancy District as it is set up right now. John, welcome. Thanks for taking the time to join me today. Could I, could I just inject one Please. little piece that I think is important for the listeners? We support the Geist Conservatory District formation as much or more so than any other parties. But you are opposing the current proposal. Right. That, the, that was my point. The HP 1279. For our listeners, though, that, that point isn't absolutely clear. So I thought I would interject that. Thank you. And I think it's important to realize that I've done a lot of research on this. And from everything I have found, everyone involved who lives in this area wants Geist Lake to be in good shape. They want it in very good shape, and there are issues. I think the differences have been how that is approached. That's what I want to, want to talk to you about today. So the process for a conservancy district has started. There are signatures that are going to be presented to the Hamilton County Circuit Court to begin that process. Your group opposes that particular proposal. So explain what your issues are with that proposal. Well, it's a, it's a long list. They've been communicated on our Make Geist Healthy Again Facebook site, which uh, I invite you to visit. But it, but it starts out, I guess, with uh, lack of due process. A group of, of uh, stakeholders, specifically the Geist Coalition, uh, Citizens Energy, Fishers, and I'm not sure who else was involved, got together after a petition was signed by homeowners and crafted legislation. That legislation went into committee and into House uh, hearings without major stakeholder groups even being aware of it. So there was, there was lack of due process, for one. And if you want to talk about specific issues, uh, we believe that there are beneficiaries of this program, such as citizens, such as fishers, such as real estate developers up towards Oleo Road and other places that have tr- gained tremendous benefit from a conservatory district done right and uh, they're not paying anything as currently proposed. The only one that's paying are the are the uh, taxpayers within the designated districts within the conservatory district. Then, you know, we get into the issue of methods where 
the current principals in the conservatory district are looking for uh, instant gratification. What that means is uh, we're all aware of the, the algae problems in the lake and how it clogs up watercraft and, and uh, creates problems for lakefront properties. Instant, what I mean by instant gratification is copper sulfate is very effective in killing those weeds uh, very, very quickly. However, it uh, destroys the ecology of the lake. And there's several scientific studies and publications by other Department of Natural Resource groups that have documented this. So one of the things that, uh, in summary, we object to there is the, this uh, destruction of the uh, natural uh, ecosystem, plus the business in, in particular. And these folks spoke yesterday in front of the assembly. The, uh, there are stakeholder groups, key stakeholder groups, like the sportsmen in Indiana that use this Geist resource. There are business owners who had not been involved in or represented in the crafting of the HB 1279. Well, there's lots to drill down on. I intend to drill down on some of these issues. But before I do that, I do want to ask you this. The process is starting, and I want to talk about this House bill in a moment, too. But my question to you is, how does your organization plan to be involved in this process? Are going to be court hearings that passes that hurdle in the courts that will end up with a state uh, board, and there'll be hearings and there'll be uh, discussions. So how does your group plan to be involved in that process? Okay. Uh, first of all, I'm not a lawyer. I'm a biologist with an MBA. So, you know, my in-depth understanding of the legal process has to do with my business background. But... Uh, the movement, uh, Make Guys Healthy Again, only discovered that there was a bill in the legislature being voted on about two weeks ago. And we made the decision uh, on short notice to build a leadership team to contact our Congress, Congress uh, uh, men, state legislators. state legislators, and to let them know that we objected to the the uh, House Bill 1279 is currently constituted. So that's where we started. Yesterday there was a hearing, and uh, we had quite a number of uh, stakeholder groups represented uh, beyond those that crafted the bill. Yeah, let me ask you about that, because uh, you're talking about House Bill 1279. Correct. Which uh, this is, uh, has been discussed quite a bit. Tell me what is in that legislation and... and what objections you may have to what the legislation calls for at this point? Okay, well, uh, one I already mentioned, the fact that there are beneficiaries of the formation of the conservatory district that essentially get a free ride and pay no taxes uh, into the conservatory. Uh, there's an unequal burden on the taxpayers in the in the, I think it's eight or nine districts that they've established. I believe it's nine, yes. Nine. Some people are far off the lake, and they're asking the question, you know, why should I pay? I get no benefit from the lake being four or five blocks from me. They also object to the fact that uh, as they read the bill, and, and again, with the short notice we've had on this thing, there's the fear that uh, the tax load will increase many times over, over the years ahead. Uh, the issue of caps needs to be in black and white, 
so that if there is uh, an increase in the budget to clean up the lake, which we believe there will be, uh, that uh, we are not going to be unfairly burdened by increasing budget and taxes and by not including key stakeholders that are beneficiaries that currently are not part of the plan to uh, add tax monies to that uh, budget. I've got some questions about you. There, there are several questions that come to my mind. I want to ask you about this because I've been, as I've been researching this on many of the social media postings and other people who are involved in this, this whole issue, I've seen the figure $10 million, that $2 million is the projected budget for the first year of the Conservancy District. But I've seen a lot of uh, postings about how this budget would zoom up to about $10 million in a few years' time. Where does that figure come from? Well, there, there are a lot of estimates, Larry, floating out there, some higher, some lower. But let's first uh, keep a couple things in mind. Uh, this reservoir is in really bad shape and will require extensive, extensive remediation over the future years just to make it usable. It's also a uh, focal point for uh, Citizens Energy in supplying water to this, this part of Indiana. It's also considered one of the best uh, fishing lakes, and if not the best bass fishing lake in the state of Indiana. So we're not talking about duplicating what was done in a rural community around Lake, Lake Lemon south of Indianapolis. We're talking about a resource, a reservoir, that is surrounded by a metropolitan area of more than a million people. And the environmental issues and the others are much more complex and will require many more dollars and study to ultimately determine what it will need to save this lake. But the $10 million is an estimate and one of many, but you're saying that the view of your organization is that it would, the budget would have to grow that high to deal with the issues of guys? Is that what you're saying? Well, let me say this. It's, it's a big unknown. We know there are uh, contamination issues in, in the lake beyond just algae, cyanobacteria issues, E. coli issues, which was in the news on RTV6 last year. We don't know what that budget is going to be, but we believe it's much bigger than the $2 million projected by the Geist Conservatory uh, movement for just dredging and spraying copper sulfate and, and a little bit of bank, uh, bank remediation. The reason this is such a big issue is it's a question of who would that burden if it went to 10, if, if it went to 5, if it went to 10, if it went to 20, who would that burden fall on? Uh, and it's our go ahead. Let me talk about that burden because that's I think it's a key issue between or amongst the all the groups that are working on this. Uh, you your group has objected to the fact that people not on the lakefront would be assessed fee for this. But on the other hand, this nine member conservancy board would be elect an elected body. And if it was just lakefront property, only those people would be voting for those nine members. If it's neighborhoods, at least all those people would have a voice in well, who would be running the budget and all these decisions. So I, my question to you is, would, would these people in these neighborhoods living near the lake, would their property values not also be impacted 
if, in fact, the lake goes down or goes bad? Well, a, a couple things, Larry, and that's a great question. I don't think anybody in the Geist uh, area would not be willing to ante up some money if all the beneficiaries of the Conservancy District were paying their fair share, number one. Number two, uh, we need to be assured that not only that we don't have an unfair share of the total burden, but there, there is some limit on, on what that uh, number will go to. Also, in terms of the composition of the board, it's our belief after reading the legislation that the lakefront owners will have an unfair advantage in becoming board members and, un- and will have unfair representation, represent unfair representation for the Geist Conservatory District, pushing their own personal agendas, not personal agendas. Uh, if I was on a lake, if I was on the lake and, and you know, I have compassion for this. I, you know, I may want to spray those weeds too, so my kids could use the lake. But I'm not, and uh, I'm not going to pay for destroying the lake, and I'm not going to uh, approve a conservatory district where the members of the board are primarily or exclusively lakefront owners who are setting the agenda for what's done with the lake. Let me talk a little bit about who pays for this, because that's been another issue your group has brought up. Uh, as I understand it, it would be the homeowners in the lakefront and the neighborhoods who would be assessed a fee, plus there would be a fee for watercraft. And if you're also assessed a fee as a neighbor, you would pay a lower watercraft fee, but it would be those two streams of revenue. Your group has, and you mentioned this earlier, wants, you want other people to, to be assessed. One is Citizens Energy, who owns the lake, and that's the source of water for a great part of this, this part of the state, citizens' utility. Um, the issue that I've heard is that, and I know something about this, I've covered hearings in the past, the Indiana Utility Regulatory Commission has to approve any fee or surcharge or rate increase that any utility imposes, and that they have basically two criteria they used to, to look at these. Number one is, is this utility providing clean and dependable water source? And secondly, is it looking out for ratepayers? Do you think you'd have a difficult time with citizens being able to even ask for a ratepayer? Larry, another, another great question. Uh, one of the attorneys for the uh, citizens spoke yesterday, and what I gathered from his conversation, or excuse me, his presentation to the legislators is that currently they pull water out of Fall Creek that drains over the dam for uh, their customers. And currently the condition of the lake is such that uh, it does not affect the quality of the water after they go through their various processes. However, uh, it was clear to me that there will be a point in the future with additional settling of the lake, chemical contamination, inflows, what have you, that ultimately citizens will have to do something with the lake, which they own, to assure uh, quality water uh, as they pull it out of the uh, reservoir from, excuse me, pull it out of Fall Creek. So, and, and it's, it's my belief, too, that uh, if the citizens goes to the board and explains the situation, 
that we're talking about the quality of the water deteriorating. Uh, I believe that uh, in the interest of the health of central Indiana folks who depend on them, that the board will be very responsive to their participating in, in the tax pool that supports the Conservancy District. You're the biologist, I'm not. So tell me this, I have been hearing stories, and again, I just try to research this and see what other experts say because I'm not one. Is a lot of, is the, whatever E. coli issues may impact the lake, is that emanating from Fall Creek, or do, do the, the scientists looking at this really know at this point? Well, first of all, let me, let me uh, state clearly that uh, the testing that is done in the lake is uh, not comprehensive in terms of where, in terms of the frequency with which it's checked, and especially, my spe- special concern is when health conditions that are in violation of federal standards are discovered by Hamilton County, for example, they do not warn the public. Last year, they had to be done through RTV6. So the, the test, we really don't know what's out there other than the few samples that have been collected. We do know that the E. coli is flowing in uh, at certain times of the year. Uh, last uh, July, August, it was four times the uh, federal standard. We don't know what recreational users of the, of, of the lake and, and uh, Fall Creek were exposed to that level or a lower level that was still in excess of the federal standard. The point I'm trying to make is the testing has been inadequate. There are test results that are posted online. Some months it appears that things are worse than other months. Why do you think that's the case? Uh, there, there's a correlation between rain drainage, the use of, uh, of, of uh, fertilizers in the upstream watershed, where certain times a year, after water inflows, uh, there is more seepage, if you would, say from animal areas where farm animals exist, and also from an area... Uh, upstream where the folks have septic tanks and the septic tanks leak of course sewage into the reservoir. This was covered uh, in the RTV6 uh, coverage. Yes, I I did see some of that. Uh, Do you object to the watercraft fee as a revenue stream to pay for this conservancy district? Uh, No, I don't. Uh, You know, they are a user. I, I think the question is uh, how much should they pay? I mean, today, you know, if I wanted to fish for bass this weekend, I think the fee is $40 just to launch my boat from a private location up by Olio Road. Then you add to that, uh, I, you know, a fee, let's say, of a couple hundred dollars. I don't know where they're going to settle since the legislation is still under discussion. But as it stands now, I know there's legislation out there, but it would be up to the board, the uh, Conservancy District Board, would it not? Yes. Okay. A, a board that I would hope would represent the interests of the fishermen so they could still use this lake. And on their behalf, I, I think having, I believe, having a public access so that we don't have a, a monopoly currently charging them uh, $40 for a weekend to use the lake is an important uh, element 
of revised or new legislation. I want to ask you about another point I've seen your organization post online and this and on social media. This has to do uh, with the new Geist Waterfront Park that the city of Fishers is planning on developing. It's, it's where the uh, IMI uh, mining area used to be for the most part. Uh, you have argued that the city of Fishers and or the users of that park should pay a fee. What what caused you to believe that should be a, a stream of revenue? Well, that's that's an easy question. Uh, the, the people of Fishers will be using the Geist Fishers Park. Uh, I don't know what type of revenue that they anticipate drawing for that benefit, either from property taxes or from annual membership fees. But I believe the concept is it would be a public park. There wouldn't be a fee charge. Well, but in any event, there will, you know, the, uh, the, the members of the Fishers community would certainly benefit from that resource, and uh, they should continue, in my opinion, as well as others in our movement, that uh, Fishers, with that continuing benefit, should be one of the, let's call them payers, into the fund that helps clean up this lake once and for all and for the future, most importantly. Okay, let me end it this way, because, again, going back to what I said earlier, everyone in the Geist area wants the lake taken care of, wants to make sure you don't, quote-unquote, lose the lake, as has happened in other parts of the country, and that can be a catastrophic thing to happen. You want to avoid that. The, The issue is how you go about doing it. So my question to you to end this all, just to give you a chance to sum up your organization's views, what do you want to see done? How do you want to save Geist Lake? Well, the uh, Make Geist Healthy Again leadership team, as we speak, we're drafting a set of guiding principles, which, in, which will include what we favor as far as the future uh, Geist Conservatory districts and its priorities and focus and where the money will be spent. Uh, so I can't speak to bullet point by bullet point, but but some of the points are fair taxation, which I've talked about, uh, access, affordable access to the uh, the sportsmen in Indiana, uh, business representation, fishermen representation on the board to send, set the annual priorities. Uh, Paying, everyone paying their fair share. I mean, that, that's a big one. And more environmental controls in, in the sense that what is used to clear out the vegetation isn't for this instant gratification of clearing uh, the shorelines of lakefront lots, but it's done with and how uh, it respects what's, what are best practices in, in watershed management, especially one that is so important for the reasons I mentioned earlier. So just one last question to wrap this up. There is a process in place. Signatures have been gathered, and it will be submitted to a court, and that process will begin. I guess the question I'm asking you, if that ends up being the only game in town, is it better to use the process we have? rather than start over again and see the lake continue to deteriorate while that second process goes through. How do you envision 
trying to make sure that you don't lose too much time in this process? Well, fortunately, the uh, the state legislators had a hearing yesterday, and they heard the concerns of all stakeholders. And uh, a final statement from the House or the Senate, wherever it comes from, hasn't been issued yet. But my take from the summary that was given by the legislatures was that uh, they acknowledge that there has not been due process in creating HB 1729, that stakeholders with important interests were left out, that there had not been adequate public hearings, and that uh, the bill will not be, as currently constituted, approved, and that uh, we should see soon what that path forward is going to be as far as, and, and a decision will have to be made by the attorneys, is existing legislation amended or is new legislation drafted? Now, let's, Larry, let's get this thing right the first time. Let's not put something in place that is problematical for all the reasons I've mentioned. You know, I want my kids and my grandkids to enjoy this lake like I did when I was in my 30s. I can't do that now. I've got to buy bottled water. My favorite fishing spots are barren. The bottoms are dead. And uh, watercraft restrictions uh, seem to go up and up. It's harder and harder for people in the state to to use this uh, resource. John Demokas, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks to John Demokas for taking the time to explain his group's ideas on how a Geist Lake Conservancy District should be formed. This is the Larry N. Fishers Podcast. My name is Larry Lannon. I write the LarryNFishers.com local news blog from Fishers, Indiana, a suburban community northeast of Indianapolis. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.